I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think just having that initial, here's a camera, I think you could do this, was huge because that was a, a massive financial investment. And photography isn't a cheap habit to have if it's just a hobby. So I think that was his kind of his seal of approval and that it helped me knowing. Photography is about the relationships you form and the people you meet along the way. When the guy Chloe Brown was dating bought her a digital camera, not only did she form a relationship with photography, but she also formed a long-lasting bond with that man. I'm Matt Bowen. This is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. When you don't want to go and do your day job on a Monday morning because you'd rather stay home and edit the wedding you just shot, then it's a clear sign that you're doing the wrong job. Thankfully, Chloe Brown took the plunge and now can't wait to go to work creating beautiful pieces of art. As always on Phototypes, I started out by asking her to describe where she was right now. I'm in my home office in North London. Um, it's relatively tidy. The parts that you can see on your Skype video are quite tidy. The rest is a stack of magazines and prints and all sorts of things to send out. Um, yeah, it's about it. You said it's quite tidy. I've started to ask a lot of people now how they work and um, whether they work tidily or whether they can work in a mess. What are you like? Um, I like to start off with everything tidy in the morning. It's always best intentions. I write my to-do list the night before and then throughout the day I tend to drag everything out of drawers and um, open various cupboards and things and get to close them. So it's, yeah, it ends up a mess. And I tidy it up again and we repeat for the following week, yeah. Nice, okay. Well, for those people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself as a photographer? I'm not really sure. I'd like to say that I have quite a natural approach to photographing things. But I will say in the past few years that I've kind of got a little bit more involved in directing things and tidying things up and knowing that I'd spend half an hour editing that out in Photoshop. So, um, yeah, I guess it's quite a natural approach, maybe with a clean setting. Okay, and are you just weddings or do you do other things? Um, I do weddings and a lot of portraiture lately, which has been nice. So um, lots of engagement sessions, anniversary sessions, family portrait sessions. So, um, so yeah. Okay, so how did you get to the moment you are now in? Tell us your backstory. Um, I think I've always been a photographer since when I was a child, but I just took random photos of things I liked, um, which is great. But somebody once pointed out to me that would be really hard to make your living. Um, so, you know, there's a nice picture of a cat or my mum or a door frame or something like that. Um, so about seven, eight years ago when I was engaged, I started looking for a wedding photographer and was amazed at how very traditional and unfeeling British wedding photography industry was at the time. So I looked abroad, found incredible photographers that were charging the region of £5,000, um, which mortified my husband. 
And so I kept digging, found another uh, lady who was incredible, who just did fashion mostly and a little bit of lifestyle and asked her. Um, so I started shooting probably in the year running up to my wedding, started offering out my services to friends for free, just for the experience. And then, um, yeah, shot my first proper wedding two weeks before we got married ourselves six years ago and kind of took it from there. Okay, let's fill in some gaps then. Um, <laughs> what did you study at school, university? Oh, I actually did languages. Um, I did A-levels in English, uh, Spanish, media and film. And then I went to university and did Spanish and Portuguese and dropped out after four months. Um, I worked at Sky doing editorial things, which I found really boring. Moved abroad, moved home again. Took a friend's maternity leave as a picture editor and um, was doing that, I think, for about four years. And two of those years overlapped with me starting my photography business. Um, so, yeah, I kind of concentrated on that after two years of running them concurrently. It was kind of seven-day weeks through the summer and really full-on. So I decided after two years that something had to give, and it was my picture editing job. Yeah, and what was it then that kind of made that transition for you where you were taking more pictures, not just of your mum and your cat and the door frame, <laughs> um, and you were thinking, yeah, I might want to do this as a profession? I think it was probably the satisfaction that I found in photographing weddings. It's an incredible occasion to be a part of. Everyone looks amazing. Um, they feel good about themselves. They're happy. They're surrounded by their, <clears throat> excuse me, surrounded by their nearest and dearest. So that was kind of a quite a high. It was like having a backstage pass at a gig. It was amazing. So I didn't really have the same kind of feeling. As much as I love my job as a picture editor, it wasn't quite the same thing. And I also started to travel a lot, which was really eating into my annual leave. Um, so I went down to four days as my as a picture editor at my picture editing job. And um, in the end, I kind of felt a bit resentful going to work on a Monday morning instead of editing the wedding I just shot. So um, yeah, it was kind of it was quite an easy decision actually after two years. Yeah, so it wasn't any trepidation about uh, making that leap and leaving sort of a steady job to something that you know might have its pitfalls. Yeah, I think everything has its pitfalls. Um, I think travelling an hour on the train to get to work across town, city London, kind of was a, a pitfall for me. Versus getting in the car and driving to the Cotswolds and spending a day in a field that was. I don't know, it just had a, a larger draw, I guess. But it is, I guess it's tricky to decide that you want to quit something that is so stable and become freelance, which is probably why I ended up doing both for two years until I built enough of a portfolio and felt confident and that I'd learnt enough um, in order to be able to run my business full-time. And while you were doing the job as a picture editor, what sort of things did you learn from that? Or did you learn anything from that that you took into how you photograph things now? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm quite a visual person, and I, I like a clean aesthetic. So um, with my picture editing role, I guess choosing arresting images, images that told the story. I, just editing this morning, I was thinking about how crucial the edit is. Um, so not only when you're composing and making sure you've got your exposure right and the image how you want it, but also kind of re-delivering that story is absolutely essential. So definitely picture editing helped me so much. So when you photograph a wedding, are you documentary style or do you direct quite a lot? Um, I guess there are parts of the day where I'm documentary style and other parts where I direct. Um, 
So for getting ready in the morning, sometimes I turn up and it looks like a hurricane has been through the room and I like quite clean images, so I'll do a bit of tidying up. And so I hope you don't mind, girls, I'm moving everything over here or I can't see it. Um, I tend to shoot a lot with a preference towards natural light, so um, that obviously has quite a large impact on how I shoot. Um, but for, I guess, moments where things are just naturally happening throughout the day, like a ceremony, obviously I don't direct anything um, apart from perhaps ask the bride and groom to go slowly when they put their rings on to have a minute to capture that and to look up as they come up and down the aisle because sometimes they don't. Um, but for speeches and things, those really natural, beautiful moments where things are just happening, I just I like to just be there and kind of cream it all off without having to direct anything. Yeah. All right then. So what inspires your work? What things have you taken from the years mm. that have inspired what you do now? Uh, I think I'm quite a nostalgic, sentimental kind of person. Our home is covered in photos. Um, I really don't like not being able to remember things, which is why I think I take so many photos. Um, yeah, I guess I'm inspired by happy moments and beautiful moments, um, occasions where people express themselves and say, I really love you, I'm so proud of you, what an incredible day. Because I don't think as Brits we really do that kind of lovey-dovey stuff, whereas you get that quite a bit during speeches. Um, yeah, I also I really love shooting in good light, absolutely essential. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's so cheesy, light and love. Any any particular people that have inspired you? Um, I'd say my grandfather, definitely. He was our family photographer. Um, yeah, he always had his camera with him, always, always. It was a great privilege if Brandon let you hold his camera and take a picture. And the last photo ever taken of him I took, which I hold quite dearly. Um, and also clients quite often are inspiring, the ones that just trust me and say we really like your work um we don't need to give you an excel spreadsheet list of a million and one things to photograph just do do your job we trust you those are always the weddings where i feel the most proud of my work because i'm not being held to a pinterest checklist of all the different things they might like so um yeah i'm inspired by people that just like my work and just let me get on with my job what did you learn from your granddad about photography um gosh i didn't know what i learned he died when i was 12 so um, what did I learn? Always have your camera with you, I think, is what I learned from Grandad. And to look after your kit. So I have a couple of his Voigtlander cameras here, which are beautiful. Yeah, and also looking at some of the work, we've recently been through all the family photos, some of his personal photos. Um, can make yourself invisible, if you can, because I have no recollection of Grandad taking the majority of our photos. And some of them are really poignant, beautiful captures that sum us up entirely as a family. Who's been your biggest influence on your career or life? From a personal perspective, I think my husband, he bought me my first um, full frame camera as uh, just a random present one day and I burst into tears and gave it back to him because we weren't married and it felt like a lot to give someone such a huge gift. Um, so yeah, he's definitely been my biggest fan. He does get a bit sick of watching my slideshows now though, I must admit, you know, how many years am I in? Five, six? six years in yeah um and aesthetically i'd say jose Villa because his work is just so beautiful and i think he um you kind of he directs a lot he has an image in mind before he goes to take it so that's something i kind of i try and keep in mind a bit more of my own work what does your husband do for a job oh my husband is a carpenter builder by trade and he works for an insulation company and he takes no photos ever on his phone it's just a series of snapshots of instructions and directions so uh yeah we're quite different so apart from buying you 
the camera, has he had any sort of other influence on your work? Does he get involved with, does um, he look at your work and say, I really like that? No, not really. No, <laughs> but, but to be fair, I don't Dump go him. Through, yeah. <laughs> I don't go through his construction manuals and say, oh, I love that, K-12 insulation. So I kind of, I have to cut him some slack. He did come and assist me in my first few destination weddings. I was terrified of driving on the other side of the road and he came to do my driving, bag carrying, but he's Australian and he really likes to have a drink at a wedding. And I don't think that's appropriate when I'm photographing a wedding. So, um, yeah, he doesn't often come with me anymore to destination weddings. Or if he does, he comes and drives me and leaves me to it and comes and picks me up at the end of the night. Um, but I think just having that initial, here's a camera, I think you could do this, was huge because that was a, a massive financial investment. And photography isn't a cheap habit to have if it's just a hobby. So I think that was his kind of his seal of approval and that it helped me no end yeah so he's that support mechanism for you i think so and are you the sort of person you said um always have your camera with you is something that you learned from your granddad is are you the sort of person who does always take a camera with you wherever you go do you ever have a break from it probably eight out of ten times i've got something that i'm taking photos of so um yeah, I like to shoot medium format film for my personal work, which means I'm not always just firing off a thousand frames. I'm often kind of thinking, do I want this? Focusing it and then going, no, actually, I don't want that image. Um, so, yeah, if I don't have my contacts with me, then um, I sometimes have a little silly Instax, the Fujifilm Instax, that kind of credit size, credit card size images. They're fun. Um, and my iPhone as well, as much as that sounds like a cardinal sin, um, I really enjoy using my iPhone for kind of little snapshots. And I must admit, if I'm out of an evening, I'm going to have that with me and not my great big contacts or Canon. Yeah, I recently bought a, um, a second-hand Canon AE-1 uh-huh. and um, started to shoot some film on that. And I think it does make you be more a lot more selective with what you shoot because you've only got 36 shots. And, and you know, when I was growing up, I had film cameras. Um, but you just kind of shot whatever then when you're a kid um but yeah do you find that using film makes you more selective in your digital work um i definitely think it has helped me curate my work a little bit more um i guess when i first started out i didn't have any formal photography training so i did a little bit of kind of spraying and praying but i got everything i was shooting in aperture priority not fully understanding shutter speeds and apertures and isos um but obviously through the years editing 5,000 photos from a wedding that's a lot of work and it's also a huge volume of images to be delivering to your clients so um, I guess for my average wedding I probably shoot somewhere in the region of 1,000 1,200 images so that's definitely come down since I started shooting film Um, and also for weddings I shoot a lot of film portraiture Um, so obviously with 16 images per roll you kind of you do slow down a little bit and you do think, oh, I've got two images left on this roll. Let me just make sure these frames are really good ones. So, yeah, I think it's definitely honed the way I shoot, yeah. Yeah, do you find you're able within a wedding, which is quite fast-moving scenario, to actually take that time? And do you find it's useful to take that time if you're shooting on film to actually just take a little breather and frame the shot and say, right, this is what we're going to do? Yeah, ultimately, I think I would like a full-time assistant that is at my shoulder, always with a new contact, fully loaded, with setting good and dialed in. But whilst I don't have that full-time assistant, I think um, it does help me slow down a bit and to kind of be still. I did a film photography workshop a few years ago with um, Feather and Stone Photography in France. And um, the one thing I really felt like they taught me above everything else is just how to be still. 
they're hilarious, absolutely hilarious people. But when they shoot, they're really calm and composed and they kind of bring this air of calm and still to their work. And I think you can really see it in, in their um, in their art. So, um, yeah, they've kind of taught me that you don't have to be a clown running around and making everyone kind of like, you know, crease up laughing. You can create some really beautiful, romantic, still moments if you kind of bring that bring that with you. Yeah. What parts of you do you think are in your photography? Oh, I dread to think. Um, I don't know. I'm a bit of a class clown at times. I like people to relax. Um, I like happy moments. So if I have to kind of lure a couple into relaxing and creating a happy moment, then I will do. Um, I don't know what else is in me. I'm quite sentimental, as I said. So um, sometimes I look at details that maybe other people wouldn't see as being so important, but stand out to me as something that kind of is really relevant to the day. So, um, yeah, I guess some sentimentality, some laughter, perhaps. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so let's move on to our next question. And what excites you? I like to be appreciative of what um, life offers. Um, It's not always sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns, sometimes life's really hard and difficult and you have tough times. So um, recently I shot some portraits for a friend of mine that's been through a really tough time with her family and I offered to do so because I thought it could be quite um, nice for her to look back at a really tough time and to remember that actually there were some really happy moments there too. Um, I'm not sure she realised that's what I was doing but it was kind of um, almost like an apology and an, an offering of sorts for the stuff that she'd been going through to um, provide those portraits. So I guess what excites me is maybe giving people happy memories and um, things to look back on in the years to come. And I don't imagine that they look back at their photos and go, oh, do you remember that afternoon we spent running around Richmond with Chloe? I imagine they look at that photo or their grandchildren will look at that photo and say, oh, wow, look how cool you were, Grandma. Or wasn't your hair curly just like my hair's curly, that kind of thing. So I think, um, yeah, what excites me and inspires me is kind of leaving... I don't know, leaving a photographic memory, really. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Consequently, then, uh, what scares you? Oh, gosh. Um, losing memory cards or unrolling rolls of film that have already been exposed, which um, I've done the latter. Unfortunately, there's a long lead on a roll of 120, so I was fine and saved. Um, but, yeah, I think what terrifies me is going too fast and being too manic and being too much of a clown and making sure everyone's happy all the time and therefore not really concentrating properly on what I do. So I actually have a checklist of things on the back of my contacts. When I'm shooting film, I can take a breath and remember to make sure I get all these things done. So I do get quite carried away sometimes, especially in some really good light, a couple of gorgeous subjects, like a kid in a candy shop. So, um, so yeah, trying to remember to be still and not be overwhelmed and excited and kind of a bit frantic when I'm shooting. Nice. 
Right, everyone's favourite question so far I've found. Uh, what's your favourite swear word? And um, <laughs> when you deliver it to me, I want you to deliver it with meaning. Oh my gosh. Do you know, I don't actually swear that much. I was brought up as a very strict Christian, and I am still quite quite a strict Christian. So um, the worst you probably get out of me is maybe a bloody hell. Okay. I was actually shooting a wedding um, in May with my Australian friend who was assisting and we came to this beautiful chateau and the light was incredible and I said bloody hell and she's like wow that was after the wedding she's like wow that was really kind of a bit chabby of you because I don't often hear you talking like that but it just it came out it was an amazing space and I wasn't expecting it to be that beautiful so um, yeah that's as bad as you're going to get from me I'm afraid sorry okay that's very uh, very <laughs> reserved of you and uh, your, your parents would be proud yeah, <laughs> um, if you could be anything else for a day, what would you be? Um, I would be a jazz singer, I think. Yeah, I don't really sing, but um, in my mind, I'd have been like an Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. Like yeah. Just for my benefit, give us some jazz hands. Uh, jazz hands. Yeah. Oh, very good. You'd be like a very good jazz singer. Thanks. Thanks. Trust, trust me, everyone listening. But <laughs> my, uh, I might screenshot that and uh, put that oh, on the Facebook page. <laughs> Okay, who, living or dead, would you love to photograph? That's a really good question. Thanks. I thought so. Yeah, I think it probably would be my granddad, I think. Yeah, I had, um, I went through a set of questions with my husband. I found this uh, article about how to fall in love with someone, and it's 30-something questions that you meant to ask them. So we did it whilst we were on holiday for our anniversary. Not that I'm not in love with him, but <laughs> what his answers would be. And he asked me if I could have dinner with anyone, dead or living, who would it be? And I said, my grandfather. So, um, yeah, I think it would probably be him, maybe. I took his last photo. If I had the opportunity again, I think I'd, um, I'd maybe take it a bit differently now. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he'd uh, tell you that you were doing it wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had an Italian Jewish grandmother. And, um, yeah, my grandparents... My granddad actually was really supportive and always very positive and encouraging, probably to counteract my grandma, who knew everything about everything. She was our, our beloved matriarch. Um, but, yeah, no, he was always really very proud and very encouraging. So, yeah. Do you still use his cameras? Uh, I must admit, I've had the Canon and the Voigtlander service, but I haven't just yet. I kind of feel like I need some time when things are really peaceful and quiet and I can just go out and shoot my own personal project. And yeah, I haven't, no, it's terrible. They're sat on the shelf behind me, but no, I haven't used them of late anyway. It'd be nice to, um, I mean, I'm not much of a, a believer in that sort of spiritual things, but it'd be nice if you were found that you could sort of channel some of his energy through them or his yeah. sort of visions. Yeah, I think what would be amazing is just to think some of the photos I have at home that we have in our family albums were taken with those cameras. Mm. I don't quite like that. They were up in my grandma's attic and I pilfered them and had them serviced and now they're just sitting on the shelf. So yeah, you're right, I should use them. Yeah, I've got um, my uh, grandparents' camera that's on a shelf behind me just here. Um, it's a, a Vera and it's got a, a Zeiss lens and I've used it and the lens is incredibly sharp still and it's about uh, 60 years old probably wow. at least amazing and yeah there's pictures from of them two together that would have been taken with that camera that are in our family and obviously um, pictures of my mum and her twin sister on um, family holidays that were taken with that camera so it's it's really nice that I've got that camera and but it's still amazingly good and yeah. it works really well so. I do wonder if our Canons and our Nikons will still function like our grandparents' equipment. I, I think there's going to be a lot of 
engineered obsolescence. You know, they kind of, they give you, I don't know how many actuations, and then they know that you're going to have to upgrade to the latest version. Yeah, I think with digital cameras now, because everything is controlled by computers, then those things have a certain shelf life, don't they? But the old cameras that were made with actual moving parts, yeah. uh, they they tend to keep on going. Right, what would be your uh, advice to another photographer, whether they uh, are just starting out in the business or whether they they are thinking about quitting a full-time job? And uh... um, I would say invest in some really good kit. Don't let it bankrupt you. I was fortunate with my full-time job that I was able to continue living in London with that salary and reinvest everything that I earned from the business back into the business. So I had a really good set of kit to start with. Uh, so invest in some good kit. Um, shoot lots, shoot everything in all sorts of different circumstances. Shoot for yourself. And um, I don't know, what other advice would I give? To be confident, I think. Um, and to not worry about what everyone else is doing because that sometimes can be a bit stifling to look and say, oh my gosh, that person's doing this and I didn't think to do that and they get to travel here or they get to shoot this kind of client. You don't often see the, the um, obstacles they've had to overcome or the jobs they didn't get or the clients that weren't happy. So don't worry about what everyone else is doing, just do your thing. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, sometimes it can, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I just think we only really get to see all the great stuff yeah. Um, if anybody knows me as a photographer, they'll know that I'll tell them my not great stories because I think it's really helpful to to know that it's not all fantastic all the time, and to know that there's the reality that you're running a small business being self-employed, and yeah, it comes with pros and cons. Yeah, but I think that's uh, good advice in itself to photographers is to show people the great stuff and not show everyone the rubbish stuff because. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they start out being photographers, they put every picture they've ever taken on Facebook or wherever they're sharing their pictures. It's actually, the trick is to be selective and put just the good ones on Facebook yeah. so that people go, actually, you're a really good photographer. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, we all have to edit. I remember seeing pictures of Beyonce performing. She's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And the images of her performing are incredible. And there are some truly awful pictures of her gurning. She's like a bodybuilder. It's all in the edit. So if we were to see, I don't know, a thousand images of Beyonce performing, they're kind of worthless. But if you get those key ones where she looks incredible, I'm sure that's what her and her PR company are, are focusing on as opposed to all the outtakes. And I think that's quite important also when you're delivering to clients. Often you'll have clients say, can we see everything that you shoot on the day? I would never, ever hand over everything because... There will be ones where you have your eyes half open, half closed, where you've got a huge double chin, which you don't actually have. You're just pulling in at that angle or where your arms are like ham hocks. And actually, women are really funny about their arms and you don't have ham hock arms. But I think the edit's absolutely essential. Excellent. Chloe, that is the end officially of your uh, grilling. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Um, my final question, though, is who else should I be interviewing if you were listening to this podcast, which other photographers would you love to hear from? Um, I would love to hear, there are so many, I'd say Michelle M. Waite. She's incredible. She's out in Bellingham over in the States. Um, her work was so inspiring for me when I started getting into the industry. She's been going now for 14, maybe 15 years, and I still love her work. She's incredible. Um, so definitely Michelle. Um, in the UK, my personal favorites are Anne Catherine Cox. She's lovely, absolutely hilarious. Um, English is not her mother tongue, and yet she's got a wicked sense of humour, so she'd be a great one to interview. 
David Jenkins, his work's beautiful. Um, Anusha Lowe, Sarah Gawler, gosh, there are tons. Emma Secon shot my wedding. She's absolutely adorable. She's Swedish. Um, so, yeah, that's all right, six, I think. Yeah, well, that'll uh, keep me busy chasing all those. <laughs> but I, I will chase them and uh, I will we'll mention your name to them and they will remember the uh, famous Chloe. Oh, I don't know about you, but thanks. Well, thank you very much again. Uh, before you go, tell people where they can find you, your um, website, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. Okay, well, I chose a really ridiculous conceptual name. I'm Court the Light. Not Court is in County, not Delight is in Turkish. CourtTheLight.com, and I'm the same on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, in hindsight, it was a really bad choice, but I'm quite stubborn, so I didn't feel that I could convert to Chloe Brown photography. And also, lots of times people don't spell Chloe correctly or Brown. My brand has an E, so, um, so I'm stuck with Court the Light. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, maybe one day we'll chat again. Lovely. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. Well, Chloe mentioned and Catherine Cock at the end there. And she was the subject of last week's episode if you want to listen to her. Do subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to Phototypes. It really does help other people find us as well. If you're enjoying Phototypes, say hello on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, all at Phototypes Pod. And you can find me, Matt Bowen, at theretreat.co on Instagram. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.